Look, a book, a podcast where Auckland librarians read stories. Join us each episode as we read moments from the stories we love. Currently, we are exploring Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll. Today, we have Rani from Devonport Library. Kia ora. And also myself, James, from Glenfield Library. Not that long ago, in a place not that far away, a group known as the Librarians gathered together to retell classic stories that they love. During their meeting, a white rabbit ran past. Oh dear, oh dear, I shall be late. Then he pulled out a pocket watch and disappeared down a large rabbit hole. This was the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, and so the Librarians decided to follow him. Welcome. Today we are exploring the magical worlds of Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass. These classic stories were written over 150 years ago for four-year-old Alice Little and her sisters. The author, Lewis Carroll, first invented Wonderland while making up stories for the girls while having a picnic. Alice loved the stories so much that she asked him to write them down. They were first known as Alice's Adventures Underground. Over the last 150 years, these stories have been retold again and again in books, graphic novels, movies and more. Today, we will be reading moments from the original stories. You can find them in many other versions at Auckland Libraries. Come in and see. One of my favourite things about Alice in Wonderland is how Lewis Carroll blends the familiar and the fantastical. The story is full of references to the life of Alice Liddell, for whom it was originally written, but often gone askew. A white rabbit wearing a waistcoat and carrying a pocket watch, but it behaves like any of the adults Alice might have seen around her. Carol references Alice's lessons, but her knowledge is also confused or altered. So Alice speaks of the antithesis and the distance to the centre of the world, and strange distant countries such as New Zealand, all things we can imagine Alice Liddell learning in her lessons. But Alice quickly turns from reality to daydreaming as she wonders ridiculous things. Do bats eat cats? As a daydreamer myself, I admire her effervescent imagination. I hope this extract inspires daydreams in you, the listener. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland Chapter 1 Down the Rabbit Hole in which Alice takes the plunge into adventure. Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sister on the bank, and of having nothing to do. Once or twice, she had peeped into the book her sister was reading, but it had no pictures or conversations in it. And what is the use of a book, thought Alice, without pictures or conversation? So she was considering in her own mind, as well as she could, for the hot day made her feel very sleepy and stupid, whether the pleasure of making a daisy chain would be worth the trouble of getting up and picking the daisies, when suddenly a white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by her. There was nothing so very remarkable in that, nor did Alice think it so very much out of the way to hear the rabbit say to itself, Oh dear, oh dear, I shall be late. When she thought it over afterwards, it occurred to her that she ought to have wondered at this, 
but at the time it all seemed quite natural. But when the rabbit actually took a watch out of its waistcoat pocket and looked at it, and then hurried on, Alice started to her feet, for it flashed across her mind that she had never before seen a rabbit with either a waistcoat pocket or a watch to take out of it. And burning with curiosity, she ran across the field after it, and fortunately was just in time to see it pop down a large rabbit hole under the hedge. In another moment, down went Alice after it, never once considering how in the world she was to get out again. The rabbit hole went straight on, like a tunnel, for some way, and then dipped suddenly down, so suddenly, that Alice had not a moment to think about stopping herself before she found herself falling down a very deep well. Either the well was very deep, or she fell very slowly, for she had plenty of time as she went down to look about her and to wonder what was going to happen next. First, she tried to look down and make out what she was coming to, but it was too dark to see anything. Then she looked at the sides of the well and noticed that they were filled with cupboards and bookshelves. Here and there she saw maps and pictures hung upon pegs. She took down a jar from one of the shelves as she passed. It was labelled Orange Marmalade, but to her great disappointment it was empty. She did not like to drop the jar for fear of killing somebody, so managed to put it into one of the cupboards as she fell past it. Well, thought Alice to herself, after such a fall as this, I shall think nothing of tumbling downstairs. How brave they'll all think me at home. Why, I wouldn't say anything about it, even if I fell off the top of the house. Which was very likely true. Down, down, down. Would the fall never come to an end? I wonder how many miles I've fallen by this time, she said aloud. I must be getting somewhere near the centre of the earth. Let me see. That would be 4,000 miles down, I think. For, you see, Alice had learnt several things of this sort in her lessons in the schoolroom, and though this was not a very good opportunity for showing off her knowledge, as there was no one to listen to her, still it was good practice to stay it over. Yes, that's about the right distance, but then I wonder what latitude or longitude I've got to. Alice had no idea what latitude was, or longitude either, but thought they were nice grand words to say. Presently she began again. I wonder if I shall fall right through the earth. How funny it'll seem to come out among the people that walk with their heads downward. The antipathies, I think. She was rather glad there was no one listening that time, as it didn't sound at all the right word. But I shall have to ask them what the name of the country is, you know. Please, ma'am, is this New Zealand or Australia? And she tried to curtsy as she spoke. Fancy curtsying as you're falling through the air. Do you think you could manage it? And what an ignorant little girl she'll think me for asking. No, it'll never do to ask. Perhaps I shall see it written up somewhere. Down, down, down. There was nothing else to do, so Alice soon began talking again. Dinah will miss me very much tonight, I should think. Dinah was the cat. I hope they'll remember her saucer of milk at tea time. Dinah, my dear, I wish you were down here with me. There are no mice in the air, I'm afraid, but you might catch a bat. 
And that's very like a mouse, you know. But do cats eat bats, I wonder? And here Alice began to get rather sleepy, and went on saying to herself, in a dreamy sort of way, Do cats eat bats? Do cats eat bats? And sometimes, do bats eat cats? For you see, as she couldn't answer either question, it didn't much matter which way she put it. She felt that she was dozing off, and had just begun to dream that she was walking hand in hand with Dinah, and saying to her very earnestly, Now, Dinah, tell me the truth. Did you ever eat a bat? When suddenly, thump, thump, down she came upon a heap of sticks and dry leaves, and the fall was over. Alice was not a bit hurt, and she jumped up on her feet in a moment. She looked up, but it was all dark overhead. Before her was another long passage, and the white rabbit was still in sight, hurrying down it. There was not a moment to be lost. Away went Alice like the wind, and was just in time to hear it say, as it turned a corner, Oh, my ears and whiskers, how late it's getting. She was close behind it when she turned the corner, but the rabbit was no longer to be seen. She found herself in a long, low hall, which was lit up by a row of lamps hanging from the roof. There were doors all round the hall, but they were all locked, and when Alice had been all the way down one side and up the other, trying every door, she walked sadly down the middle, wondering how she was ever to get out again. Chapter 10, The Lobster Quadrille, in which Alice finds herself in sympathetic company only to realise the mock turtle and the griffin can't really relate to her at all. In this chapter, Alice tries to recite the poem Father William, but the words come out all wrong. She gets more and more frustrated over the lack of sense and rules in Wonderland. She is constantly trying to bring what she's learnt in school to the creatures of Wonderland as a way of making sense of the world. I can relate to this as when I was a child. I loved rules. I loved things to make sense and follow a pattern. When something or someone broke this pattern, I would be incredibly frustrated. And I have four siblings, so the rules were constantly being broken in our house. I can only imagine how difficult it would have been to have been thrust into Wonderland, a world that defies all expectations. I could tell you my adventures, beginning from this morning, said Alice a little timidly, but it's no use going back to yesterday because I was a different person then. Explain all that, said the Mock Turtle. No, no, the adventures first, said the Griffin in an impatient tone. Explanations take such a dreadful time. So Alice began telling them her adventures from the time when she first saw the White Rabbit. She was a little nervous about it just at first. The two creatures got so close to her, one on each side, and opened their eyes and mouths so very wide. But she gained courage as she went on. Her listeners were perfectly quiet till she got to the part about her repeating, You are old, Father William, to the caterpillar, and the words all coming different. And then the mock turtle drew a long breath and said, That's very curious. It's all about as curious as it can be, said the griffin. It all came different, the mock turtle repeated thoughtfully. I should like to hear her try and repeat something now. Tell her to begin. He looked at the griffin as if he thought it had some kind of authority over Alice. 
Stand up and repeat, "'Tis the voice of the sluggard,' said the griffin. "'How the creatures order one about and make one repeat lessons,' thought Alice. "'I might as well be at school at once.' However, she got up and began to repeat it, but her head was so full of the lobster quadrille that she hardly knew what she was saying, and the words came very queer indeed. "'Tis the voice of the lobster I heard him declare, "'You have baked me too brown, I must sugar my hair. "'As a duck with its eyelids, so he with his nose.' trims his belt and his buttons, and turns out his toes. That's different from what I used to say when I was a child, said the griffin. Well, I never heard it before, said the mock turtle, but it sounds uncommon nonsense. Alice said nothing. She had sat down with her face in her hands, wondering if anything would ever happen in a natural way again. I should like to have it explained, said the mock turtle. She can't explain it, said the griffin hastily. Go on with the next verse. But about his toes, the mock turtle persisted, how could he turn them out with his nose, you know? It's the first position in dancing, Alice said, but was dreadfully puzzled by the whole thing and longed to change the subject. Go on with the next verse, the griffin repeated impatiently. It begins, I pass by his garden. Alice did not dare to disobey, though she felt sure it would all come wrong. She went on with a trembling voice, I passed by his garden and marked with one eye how the owl and the panther were sharing a pie. What is the use of repeating all that stuff, the mock turtle interrupted, if you don't explain it as you go on? It's by far the most confusing thing I ever heard. Yes, I think you'd better leave off, said the griffin, and Alice was only too glad to do so. Jabberwocky from Alice Through the Looking Glass I think Jabberwocky is my favourite poem that I've ever read. It's so ridiculous and nonsensical, and yet you can sort of see a meaning through it, like looking through glass with rain over it. When I was in high school, we had an activity that we had to do for our music class, where we had to choose a poem and set it to music, and I chose Jabberwocky and had great fun trying to come up with a silly tune to go with Lewis Carroll's words. I don't remember the tune well enough to sing it now, but I would love to read it for you. Jabberwocky. Twas brillig, and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borogoves, and the moam wraths outgrabe. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that snatch. Beware the jubjub bird and shun the frumious bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand, long time the manxome foe he sought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree, and stood a while in thought. And as in uffish thought he stood, the jabberwock, with eyes aflame, came whiffling through the talgy wood, and burbled as it came. One, two, one, two, and through and through the vorpal's blade went snicker-snack. He left it dead, and with its head he went galumphing back. And hast thou slain the jabberwock? Come to my arms, my beamish boy. O frabjous day, kaloo, kalay, he chortled in his joy. Twas brillig, and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borogoves, and the moam wraths. Did you learn anything from today's extracts? 
Is it even possible to learn anything in Wonderland? Everything that Alice thinks she knows gets turned on its head and twisted up, and there are no answers to any of her questions. It's hard to find a meaning to anything in Wonderland, but that doesn't stop us from trying. We hope your day makes more sense than Alice's. No wonder young Alice Little asked Lewis Carroll to write these stories down for her. And we are very lucky to have them too. They have given me and many others hours of joy. Wonderland is an amazing world to get lost in, if you can just find the rabbit hole. Stay tuned for more episodes with librarians reading Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass. Also, head down to your local library to find one of the many different versions or retellings for you to read, watch or listen to.